Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Damn. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. So this is an iconic moment for Mouthing Off. This is the first time I'm having someone on from Bachelor Australia, Abby from season seven. It's weird to say runner up, but that's what you are. <laughs> it is a competition, isn't it? Like it is a game. So you dated Matt Agnew and Americans know about this iconic moment because it went viral in the US as well. But if you guys remember, Abby walks down the red carpet, which is so funny to Matt. And he talks about he's an astrophysicist or whatever. And you said, oh, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> I was, when that came out, my publicist called me the day before and he was like, from the show. And he was like, all right, babe, like we've got this really cute little funny moment of you with Matt on the red carpet. And because obviously things aren't always as they seem, I guess, in yes. the final product, I was like, oh, cool. Like I, I knew what happened on the, I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. And he's like, oh yeah, like he says he's an astrophysicist. You say you're a Gemini. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. But like before that, there's a the bit in between that, right? Where I say, I know this isn't the same thing. And he was like, oh babe, no, you, you just said I'm a Gemini. And I was like, no, no I didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I didn't think I would have lasted the first night. Well then was it a joke? Yeah, it was, it was kind of a joke. It was kind of like, uh, so he goes, I'm an, you know, I, I would have to him. I was like, what do you do? In that weird little, my mouth looks so, that, the thing that I hate about that the most is my mouth for some reason. I go, what do you do? Like a child. <laughs> and then, and then he goes, I'm an astrophysicist. And then I looked at the crew and I put both hands out by my side, if you can envision that. And I was like, I know this isn't the same thing. <laughs> and I literally said that. And then I said, now I have to ask you what your star sign is. And then he said, I'm a Leo. And then I said, okay, I'm a Gemini. And then you're like, well, this is going to work then. <laughs> or yeah. And then they just cut it up. And I literally was like to him, like, because, and then I said to him, as long as you want a Capricorn, we're okay. Like, and it was kind of a joke that we had the, pretty much the whole time, but I didn't realize that it was going to be this thing. And then when it went viral in America, I, it did. Oh my God. I was dating someone at the time. Cause I obviously it just started airing. I'd been right. dumped for a month and a half and I called my boyfriend and I was crying. I was like, the Americans have got it. <laughs> The fucking American. I'm pretty sure I retweeted it. If I could look back, oh, it it went viral. It did. Sarah Highland, and then all Channel Tens, which is the the network that it's on here. Channel Ten are all calling me, and they're like, "Babe, we're so proud of you. Oh my god, have you seen Sarah Highland retweeted it? Have you seen someone else retweeted it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've seen." And um, I started a new job that day, and I was like, "This is an absolute nightmare." But you know. I think people people now, well, because Matt told everyone it was a joke. It was like a jokey moment, I guess we can say. It looked great. And the way that they edited it was fantastic. Oh, my God. I know. It looked so legit. It looked really legit. And I looked so excited to say it as well. <laughs> but I think it was because he'd said he was a Leo. And I'm not really into astrology, but I kind of am. I usually like Leos. And I was like this is exciting that he's a Leo, but when I flipped it around, it looked like I was demented, like deranged. Thank you so much for, for doing that. I'm actually really glad because all night then, because I have a bit of like a, not like a dark sense of humor, but I'll just 
I'll just make jokes out of very serious things like, and very facetious. Right. And um, all night when the girls like, what do we know about him? Because you know when you get in there, you know this. When you get in there, you're like, hey, what do you know about him? Like, well, no, because in America you know who it is, don't you? Well, you're. I mean, you're not supposed to, but yes, at at some point everyone's gossiping about it. Like, you know who it is. Right. So we have no idea. Like, we have literally really. Yeah. No idea what this bloke's gonna look like. No idea. Like what he's going to do for work until you rock down the red carpet or do, do you know at least before that point what he looks like you're just walking up to a random person it could be a crew member for all we know oh my like, gosh no idea and i remember the night before in the hotel i was with another girl and we were literally sitting there listing because you go crazy we're listing there being like what do you think he does for work what do you think he looks like we had like little bets he's an influencer yeah it was it was crazy but um yeah, and I went inside and I was like, guys, all that matters is he's a Leo. And I kept saying it all night. And I am so glad they didn't include it. They they could have screwed me over in that because maybe it was like a crazy um, astrology nut. They didn't. So I'm thankful for that. So I always want to know what the heck people were up to before they chose to put themselves on a dating show. So d- dating-wise or just life-wise, what what were you up to? Oh, my God. Well, the, the reason I applied for The Bachelor, I was telling you before that um, I'd never even seen an episode, a right. full episode. I'd seen clips and recaps and stuff. But I'd, I'd, you know, on YouTube seen like Colton jumping the fence, which is an iconic <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah. But I hadn't really seen anything else. And... I went through a breakup. A guy moved from Scotland to date me and it didn't work out. And I was like, "Mm, I'll go on Tinder. And my Tinder was blocked. And I was like, (laughs) is this legit? I haven't dated in like a year and a half. I hadn't gone on the app in a year and a half. I've been on one date from Tinder ever. And I dated the guy for a few months. And I was like, how has someone blocked me from this app? (laughs) And the next logical thing to do was, because there wasn't, there was Bumble, but there wasn't Hinge yet here. Oh, yeah, I love Hinge. Yeah, apparently Hinge is the best. Never used it. Can never use it now. No, no, no. No. And I was like, you know what would be really funny if I applied for The Bachelor? Like, literally, just like, this would be hilarious. And I applied, and then I had the auditions were the next day. Like, I must be one of the last to apply. And then I was the last interview and audition. And then six weeks later, I was in the mansion. Um, But I was a property analyst like a financial analyst mm-hmm. uh in like commercial real estate which is not exciting at all <laughs> but now I quit my job because I'm like I hate this and I hate working with these people so yeah my story on The Bachelor isn't that exciting I just thought it'd be funny and that's why I think the whole chat there was a lot of chat around me um as I'm sure you saw yes of course and it's like <laughs> I'm here for a laugh I mean who isn't there for the wrong reasons anymore I'm sorry oh I let you if if, if someone says to me from Batch Nation, as we call ourselves. <laughs> if, someone, if someone from The Bachelor says to me, I was there purely for love, I'm like, I don't want to be around you because you're a liar. You're mentally unwell. Like, <laughs> unless you win, oh, sorry, we can't say winner, unless you end up with the person. <laughs> unless you're the final rose. Yeah, unless you, we don't even get the final roses, though. That's lame. We just get told. <laughs> and they can afford to transport them overseas. <laughs> and, like, unless you end up with the person, you are going to get heartbroken if you're top six, really. And you then can't date, like, under your contract for months afterwards. And then after that, people are like, oh, you're the girl from The Bachelor. So, like, if you're looking for love, I don't think The Bachelor is the place to go. When you walk up to Matt, was he someone that, like, historically 
physically, mentally would be your type? I have no type physically. And I okay. think I said this in my little um, talking head. Um, I, If you line up all my ex-boyfriends, which is like a PowerPoint on my ex-boyfriends, you'd be like, this girl has a mental health issue. Like <laughs> there's no consistency. There's nothing to say. And they're all different ages, like same age as me, up to like 12 years older than me, different jobs. Like I don't really have a type, but I know Matt was funny. I honestly didn't really like him at first. I thought he was a bit of a nerd and a bit of a loser. <laughs> and I even said, and, and again, they could have they could have really screwed me over. This is why I'm kind of like. I have to be nice. Editing is the thing. There are things that I said that I'm like, that 100% could have bit me in the ass. Yeah. I remember saying to one of the girls, he, he walked past us and like he put his. <laughs> he, like this sounded really strange to verbalize. I wish I could have a video of me doing it. He walked past and like put his finger on his bum and was what? like, <laughs> like digging into his bum or just a finger on his bum. <laughs> not not into <laughs> like picking a wedgie or no. Like he, he he was doing like this red carpet thing where one of the girls was like do modeling Matt because oh, she was no. a model and he like walked past and he went like. Like as though. Oh, yes, yes. And I literally turned to one of the girls and I was like, this is the first night I was, I trusted everyone. And I was like, I don't like him at all. <laughs> like I was like on camera with my mic on so naive, just going, I don't like him. Like this is insane. But after I got to know him more and after my first single date, I was like grossly obsessed as we all turn into, I think. Into mush. Yes. So a lot of people might not have been able to see the show, but it was so iconic. So I'm going to do my best to describe every iconic moment that you were a part of, which was almost all of them. How many women were there on night one? There were 22, but in total there were 28 because we had six intruders. The intruders. Okay. For some reason, it seems like you guys get, or in Australia, you get way more time than we do. Like the people are having multiple dates all the time and but you had the same amount of people. Well, how long do you film for? I think the the winner, bad word, but uh, films for six weeks. See, we film over um, 13 weeks. Oh. Yeah, we have double the amount of time that you guys have. So you guys like pump dates out and pump rose ceremonies out. We have one rose ceremony a week. No way. Yeah, so I don't know why that is. I, I always thought that – I heard that it only took six weeks to film the American version, and I – thought that was so strange because your dates and everything is so much more extra extravagant. Like we literally just go down to the local footy club. Well, that was one of my questions was that, I mean, you had a date where you guys just like quote unquote bought a house and hung out at this home. Um, and even him and Chelsea had kind of like a baking in his place. I'm not sure if that was actually his place, but it was presented yeah. as his place. But we you know you guys one get multiple dates, whereas you are lucky to get one and they're normal. I mean, so I think th I think with the Australian one, they really – I don't think there's enough – because how many days a week does yours um, – sorry, I should put this up. How many days a week does yours air? Is it five days a week? It's once a week, usually two hours. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I literally just think that the Australian, they really push, like, a group of five frontrunners, and I think they just want to focus on that. I – don't know why that is. Maybe The Bachelor has more um, control over who they choose. I have no idea because usually in the Australian season, like every season, usually if you're in if you're in hometowns, you've had at least two dates. That's crazy. Yeah, like I had two single dates and a really long group extension before hometown. So I'd had so much time with him. And I was really lucky as well because out – so like Chelsea's dates, for example, she would always get dates that were – 
before cocktail party. So they only went like the day, but I was lucky to get ones that were like a full 14 hour shoot day or like a 12 hour shoot day. So I spent so much time with him. The girls, we did like calculations one day. We all wrote down how many hours we spent with Matt. <laughs> and I had like three times the amount that any other girls had had with him because I just happened to get dates that like you could like logistically couldn't work it out. So I don't know why that is. That's crazy. Like I was number five or six. I don't remember. But at that point they were like, Hey, we need to call your family about hometowns. And I had never even been on a one-on-one date. And I was like, (gasps) this is crazy. Like I had a feeling I wasn't going to get there, but I was like, I cannot imagine bringing him to my house when we've never even had a date before. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So does, does kind of each girl, get a date almost not everyone like I remember they're just like hard to come by and like if you have the first one-on-one date by the you know whatever day it feels like that was a hundred years ago and like so yeah it's it's very interesting it's crazy because after you after you have a single date like after I would have single dates you come home from them and you're like you're so happy you're so secure in your relationship but then the next day or two days later you are losing your mind completely yeah you compare yourself to mm-hmm. every other girl like one of the girls from my season Sagand got the first single date and you're so right she was so upset by but she got I think she came seventh and she was so upset by the time she went home because she was like I've had one date with this guy two months ago feels like a hundred years ago yeah and then you're like well do they even know I exist still so it is a massive mind game it's crazy Well, you say that you were comparing yourself. Was there anyone on the first night that you were like, oh, this is my competition? No, because I'm a fairly, I'm a type of person that thinks like, you know what, if someone doesn't like me, then I don't want them, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I was like, if Matt like sees something in me, then that's great. But if he wants like Ellie or Sagand more, then that means that we're not meant to be together. That makes sense. Like you walk into a room and you know who you like, right? Like, you, you would meet all the girls and you'd be like, okay, these are my like top six. So if I was going to go home the first night or halfway through or like I did in the end, come runner up, it was like, well, I don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with me. So I didn't really get competitive with the other girls until about halfway through. When they got competitive with you. Yes. When I started to get attacked and I was like, I really like, and also because you, as you know, you, you, you're kind of secluded and you don't have much stimulus. So all you do all day is think about reasons why this person wouldn't want to be with other people and would want to be with you, but also vice versa. Oh God. Yes. And it's really detrimental to your mental health. And also I guess that's where you go crazy mental. Yeah. I actually saw a lot of similarities between watching you and then me. Yeah. You got the same thing. You kind of got ganged up on and then you were called bully after you were ganged up on. And it's like, no, you're you're all going up for me. You're all being horrible to me. Yes, you may all not like me. That's okay. But you're all being actively mean. Like I saw them. I saw the women's tell all. Oh, and also I'm so jealous. You guys get that. Holy shit! You would go off. Oh, I would. Oh, <laughs> oh. The money I would pay to get a tell all with Matt Agnew. Like, oh. But um, yeah. And I saw that with you and. I don't even know what this teen mum comment was, but I was kind of like, even if it was, it sounded to me like an offhand, this is the thing. And then what happens as well is everyone holds on to, if you make one little mistake, everyone holds on to it and it manifests into you're a horrible person. Yeah. It's like they're waiting for you to fail so they can take it and run with it. 100%. And like everyone wants people to make mistakes. And also if you were filmed with your friends, not in The Bachelor, in your real life without the pressures that come with the show and someone 
edited together all of your worst or best moments or most awkward moments or funniest moments, they could make you into anyone. So then when comments like that happen in the house, like if you're talking for three months or six weeks in your case, there's going to be things you say that you're like, yeah. or like that was a little bit mean and I didn't think about the consequences from that. But with this show, you're then villainized and turned into this thing of like, and then when you're confident, like you're very gorgeous overconfident cocky yeah what a bitch and it's like no i just i'm happy with myself i'm sorry that you're all insecure like why are we championing championing female insecurity i'm currently sitting on a train from brussels to amsterdam and i want to tell y'all about the game that is keeping me entertained it's called best fiends it's my favorite game with breathtaking visuals fun puzzles and character collection best fiends is a casual game that anyone can play with monthly game updates new puzzle levels and events so this game never gets old. The best part of it is that you don't need the internet to play. So even if you don't have connection on, I don't know, an airplane or even on the subway, you can still engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of really cute characters. The bright colors and visuals on this game can keep me invested for hours. I've made it to level 122 just on this two-hour train ride, and I'm also competing against friends and family from my contacts. So it's keeping my brain moving. I feel like I'm challenging myself even during this long downtime. So trust me, with 500 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. I would not steer you guys wrong. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. So Best Fiends. You're on the younger side, right? You're 24? Yeah, I'm 24 now. Yeah. So I was like eight years younger than Matt. Yeah, because I was 23 when I went on the show. So yes. I was 23 when I went on as well. I turned 24 after filming. Did people give you shit for your age at all? Oh, 100%. I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the, one of the roots of people's issue with me was that they didn't think that I was ready to settle down at 23. They didn't think that I wanted kids. They didn't think that I wanted to get married because I, I wouldn't really talk about it because A, I make jokes about a lot of things and B, because I didn't really feel like I, at age of 23 needed to yell from the rooftops I want to get married and I was like <laughs> yeah. ideally yeah like in in three to five years but right now I'm not gonna die I'm not like some of the girls who are 28 29 who were like all right all my friends are married yeah that's not your only goal basically in a way at, at 23 is my sights yeah. are set I have to be a mom I have to get married you, you got a lot of yeah. time left you know exactly and coming from a single parent household I didn't I don't see marriage as like a goal or like a milestone to strive towards. I just see it as like, if you find someone you really, really love, then great. But I'm not going to do it with the wrong person just because I want to get married. Yeah. And I explained this to Matt and the girls couldn't comprehend it. And then because it's that thing of holding on to reasons why you hate someone, then it turns into she's too young for Matt. Yeah, no, but obviously Matt didn't have any issues with that until the end. We're going to kind of try to chronologically go through this. You guys have... What is, what would you call a group date? Uh, it's like an awkward kind of photo shoot. Yes. Which is when you guys kind of found your sexual chemistry. Oh my God, this is the thing as well. Like watching it back, I was like, oh yeah, he, that was pretty, I was pretty into that. But because you're in your head so much, I didn't think that was like a thing. Really? I, I felt it, but I, when we, when we kissed eventually in the orchard, but, but that's later on, I guess. Yeah. Was like, I said to him, I was like, I thought I was imagining this whole thing. I didn't think he even knew my name. Like, I was like, you don't know who the, who the fuck I am. And because I'd watched all the other photo shoots, 
mm. for obvious reasons now looking back, but they'd given me wine and were like, go and watch the photo shoots and comment on them. Of course. And he was doing the same thing with all the other girls. It was just the fact that there was the music over the top. Yeah, any moment can seem much more romantic than it really is when post-production puts some lovely cocktail music. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the thing is, like, that's no, like, it doesn't bother me either way, but I think even me watching it back, I was like, ooh, that was actually really steamy. That was steamier than I thought. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, oh, I was really turning it on there, wasn't I? But I remember I was, like, they showed me fanning myself, but it was, we're in Australia, right? It's April, which is usually 34. Oh, 35 degrees Celsius, which is, I don't know, 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So it's like that hot. We're in like this old mansion and there are also photo lights on us. Oh, yeah. So it's hot as hell. It's hot. It's ridiculous. And also I have thick curly hair and it's out and I'm like, I want to die. That's why I was spanning myself. Not because Matt Agnew was was getting to your your undercarriage? No. I mean, he was a little bit. But I was like... (laughs) Like, yes, I wanted to kiss him, but, like, I wasn't like, oh, God, this is just so sexual. Like, there were were crew everywhere. There's one of my best friends in the house at the time. Vako was sitting next to me. Like, so, yeah, that was when I guess we sparked our, quote, unquote, sexual chemistry. The funniest thing and I guess the biggest difference from from U.S. is so you go into the the cocktail party afterwards. You tell the girls you wouldn't kiss him, which (laughs) why did you do that, first of all? Because, again, I didn't think he'd kiss me. I was like, guys, come on, we're not going to do it with everyone here. And when Osha, Osha's our host, everyone, by the way, when Osha explained that we'd get some time alone at the cocktail party, I didn't think it was going to be where no one could see you. I thought it was literally like go over to that couch. And everyone's watching, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to kiss him with everyone there. And also, I didn't think he was going to kiss me. And I also didn't think that I would end up going in. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And this is the thing that caught me up a lot where I would say I wasn't going to do things because I felt insecure about my connection. Mm. But then it would happen and I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't – like, I, I, it wasn't a lie. It was a broken promise is how <laughs> I like to think of it. The girls are just, like, very upset that you kissed at a cocktail party. And I'm like, that's standard practice. But I also think that if I hadn't said, if I hadn't said anything, I still think they would have yes. had a go. Because the reason I said that was because Chelsea was behind me and said, yeah, but we shouldn't send Abby in because she'll kiss him. That's why I turned around and was like, I'm not going to kiss him, dude. And also, who gives a shit? Look, if he wants to kiss me, he can kiss me. And also, when I came, then I come back obviously and I've kissed him yeah and I told the girls and they all had a go at me and it's like as though any of you when you're sitting with Matt alone are gonna be like and he tries to kiss you you're gonna go no sorry they're my (laughs) friends are actually inside who I've known for 10 days my best friends and all just talk shit about me in every interview every chance they get I'm gonna let them take over from this like no no I liked him at this point we're and we were just watching each other make out with him it wasn't I was like oh there it is another make out I wouldn't get and also when in um just to go on a bit of a tangent with the American version how you guys have um overnight stay yes you don't right no and I would tell the girls and another reason why they hated me again was because I would be like guys I'm so jealous the American version that they get to have sex like what happens if he's a dud brute yeah and also what happens if you have sex with someone and you just don't have chemistry or what if the whole attraction is just sex like alternatively like what if you sleep yeah. with them and you're like oh I don't like you anymore that was all just in my head because I wanted to sleep with you so badly yeah and all the girls were like oh I I can't believe you'd allow that I can't believe you'd be into that like that's so demented like would you cheat on your boyfriend would you want he's cheating on you all the time he's dating all of us although he's telling 
us. He's essentially in love with us, going on dates, establishing romantic connections with all of us. I think sex is the least of our worries here. And everyone's thinking, like, oh, did you kiss? Oh, she kissed him. They've kissed him. How many times did you kiss? Who cares? I kiss random guys on the dance floor. I don't keep count. No, <sighs> no. And I, like, and I found that really strange. And that's also another reason why I'm sure we'll get to this, but I got a lot of backlash because yeah. I was slut-shamed. And people were like, she's so sexual. All she wants is sex from him. And it's like... Yeah, dude, the guy I've been dating for three months, I want to sleep with him. Well, then you get a one-on-one and you're smushing uh, juice with your feet. Bloody foot juice, he, honestly. And he still kissed you after the foot juice drink, so. He still gave me a patch. But we, um, I remember we promised we were kind of like, we're not going to kiss on mistakes. We want to see if we actually like each other. Because all we'd done in the orchard was just make out for like yeah. 20 minutes. Um, and it was actually really good. Like, that date was actually really funny. But I remember being so mad at the producers because in my audition, the question was, like, what um, what are you most insecure about? And I said, my hoofs, like, my feet. Like, I was like, I hate my feet. And then my first single date. Of course it was. And also, A, everyone else is getting helicopters and, like, um, symphonies and what did Monique get? She got, like, some, like, crazy jet. And they're like, here's a bucket of fruit. Jump in it demented and then have him drink the juice from your feet yes and he like and everyone thought that was so funny i was like wow she's so desperate drinking the juice who cares who cares having a bit of fun there's some funny crazy crazy moments that happened on this season that i've never seen in the u.s so i'm gonna touch on them uh, monique <laughs> oh my god dude. so basically monique has a, a problem with you kissing him at the cocktail party and a problem yeah. with him, I guess. And she, you overhear her, I'm assuming, call him a disrespectful pig. And also the C word. I've never seen the C word used so many times. I mean, welcome to Australia, Dal. I, I promised I wouldn't say it on camera, but then I obviously had to to explain the context to Matt. But yeah, so we were sitting by the pool the day after the um, cocktail party where I kissed Matt. And all the girls were pissed at me and no one was really talking to me except for two, Emma and Ellie. And I was like, wow, this clicky stuff is already starting. Some of them were mad at me for lying about, quote unquote, lying, for saying I wouldn't kiss him. Some of them were mad at me because I, um, I'd told them too much detail. Some of them were mad at me because they thought I was lying about the detail. And then the big one that they all decided to agree on was they were mad at Matt because Matt should have, quote unquote, respected me enough to take me on a date before he kissed me. So old fashioned. And I was like, first of all, grow up. Second of all, like, we're two consenting adults on a dating show. We're going to kiss. Like, if I want to kiss him, I'm going to kiss him. And then that's when they were calling him the dog C word. And, and you came forward and told Matt. Well, I told him because I... A, it was about it was about something to do with me. Yeah. And B, because I thought if I was the bachelorette and the guys were sitting around the house talking shit. Or calling me a bitch or for kissing one of the guys or calling me, you know, any name I would want to know. Yeah. I just kind of do things from how I would want to be treated if I was the bachelorette. So I told him and wow. <laughs> were you surprised that he kept at least at the rose ceremony, he kept Monique after all that? I was surprised, but I was actually genuinely happy because that cocktail party, I tried to leave. I like tried to take off my skirt. I was having like, because I have pretty bad anxiety. I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack. I need to get out of this house. Mm -hmm. And I would walk past groups of girls and they would just be like, lying bitch. Oh my God. One of them yelled at me like, you're a fucking bully. And I was like, you guys are sitting, they were sitting in a circle around me telling me that I was a bully, telling me that I was a fucking bitch. And I was like, 
I literally like this. You guys all admitted to Matt this happened. It. it it's, I'm not lying. I've told Matt the truth. You can disagree with my reasoning behind that, but I didn't lie. I didn't make it up. And Matt also promised me that he wouldn't get me involved. Ten minutes later, he comes over and drags, physically drags me into the conversation. That was so inappropriate. I was so mad, and I'm still really mad at him for that. <laughs> I'm, I would be. You like that was so uncalled for. It didn't need to be done. Um, but yeah, then I knew. I knew because the girls were being so. This gang mentality was beginning. I knew that if Monique got sent home, I would be absolutely demolished the next day. So I was like praying that he kept her so that it wasn't quote unquote my fault that she left. Well, then he ended up getting rid of her anyway because she doubled down on, I didn't say that. I mean, I know. And the thing is, everyone else has said that she said it. And then she came out in the media a few weeks later saying that she was on medication and had forgotten or something. And I was like, the thing is, I don't have, like, I didn't have anything against Monique personally then. But I was like, just tell, just tell the truth. If, I, if I'd if i called him a dog C word in jest, because I think it's hard to explain as well. Like, in Australia, calling someone a C word isn't that bad it sounds bad got it call this one a dog c word you can do it jokingly like you really can you can go oh my god what a dog c word or like oh what a sick c word yeah but the way that she said it was not jokingly but if it was you just go look i was kidding dude she's and he could she could have got me sent home if she was like she's crazy she's made this up she's looking for a reason to send me home i said it but it was a joke she's hypersensitive she's nuts he would have gone abby's insane yeah but instead she chose to double down the lie so she kind of played herself, didn't she? Well, okay, so it's obviously clear that you and Matt liked to make out and that you were very attracted to him. Did you feel, though, like you guys were kind of meeting of the minds, if you will? Yeah, 100%. Matt's obviously very intelligent, um, and I'm a very, very staunch feminist. I've got my little feminism tattoo on my arm. So we spoke a lot about feminism. We spoke a lot about um, mental health. We spoke a lot about, um, in Australia, um Obviously, the Aboriginal people are very – it's, like, similar to America with your um, with Native Americans. Yeah. They're treated very poorly. We spoke about that a lot. We spoke about Indigenous like – we spoke about many, like, topical things that I guess couldn't really make the final edit. So we had abortion. We spoke about so many things. that couldn't make the final edit because – No one wants to watch that. No one wants to watch me talk me cry about Indigenous suicide rates. <laughs> like Even Bachelor US that will not make the cut. Yeah, and which is I understand because I wouldn't really want to watch some girl sit there and talk about feminism for 10 minutes on a date. But then in contrast, and because because I'm very, like, laughy and jokey, but I have these very serious interests, it was like there's this dichotomy of I'm a dumb, giggling blonde with big tits and blue eyes, Mm -hmm. but then I'm actually, like, a very... Smart person. Yes, and I, I come from a family of doctors and dentists and teachers, and I have interests beyond giggling at foot juice (laughs) but that didn't really make the cut which I was fine with because I was I was fine to be like happy and a bit giggly and a bit dumb but it upset me I think the most not because other people thought I was dumb but because I didn't get to rewatch my dates with Matt where we spoke about anything we didn't see much of that so no and I and I would have loved to have seen just some conversations because I was still heartbroken when it was airing and I was like would watch it and cry and be like, I just want to see something. Well, and you have all these memories and no one is seeing them. Yeah, exactly. And Matt isn't seeing them either. And it's like, <laughs> he, like, re- remember me? I was the number two. I said, I love you. And I had all these diary entries where I'd written down like specific quotes from things we'd said and they were so cute. And I was like, 
I hate that none of it showed, but whatever, I have memories in my head, I guess. And I know that we had a great connection, but we were even like best friends. Like we had like a handshake that we did before we'd shoot and after we'd shoot. We were like very good mates. We'd always have lunch together. The crew would always be like, your dates are the best, the most fun because you guys piss yourselves laughing all day. So yeah, Matt's actually a bit of a, he's a legend, but yeah, it wasn't just sex. I mean, it wasn't even sex at all. I wish it was just sex. <laughs> So you meet Matt's friend, Kate, and I mean, basically, that's where a lot of the girls and I guess her had this issue with, is she ready for marriage? Does she want kids? Is she a social media influencer? Yeah, I mean, I was really nervous with that. Um, and I thought my conversation with Kate went well. And the social media influencer thing is there. Is It's so funny because... Like I said to you earlier, like I was a financial analyst in commercial real estate with a degree. Like I wasn't planning on doing what I'm doing now. And it's great that I'm doing what I'm doing now. I am happy. I'm not sad about it, but that wasn't my plan. Particularly because like I was saying in Australia, it isn't that big. Like the girl that came third has like 30,000 followers. And then the whole marriage and kids thing, people would say that I was lying to Kate. There was one quote that everyone was like, she doesn't even realize she's lying She's so stupid. You can't even get her story straight because Kate said, do you want to get married? And I said, it's not a priority. And then she said, oh, well, for Matt, I think it's um, a preference. I was like, yeah, it's a preference, but it's not a priority. Right. Those two things can exist simultaneously. I thought what you said made complete sense. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, you said, I'm not running to get married and have kids, but I would love to yes. one day be married and have kids. And because the Australian public that watched the show don't want to insult them. They're <laughs> not the brightest bunch. <laughs> um, they could not comprehend that something couldn't be like the be all and end all, but also he's like, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't lie once about the magic kids thing. I said, yeah, you know what? Not a priority. Would like to do it. And then Kate said, yeah, it's not a priority for Matt, but he, it's a preference. Yeah, cool. But then the thing is I was very lucky to have Matt as a bachelor because he's so intelligent that he always, and because he's a scientist, he would always like investigate things. Like he'd be like, he would never just be like, oh, well, she said this and that's how I feel about her now. He would always, always, always be like, I'm going to go and ask Abby. Even the conversation where y'all sat down and he kind of asked you about the social media influencer thing. He did a really good job of being like, just so you know, I believe you. I just like want to talk about this. Yeah, he's good. He's a good man. Well, here's something that has happened before in America. One of the cast members kind of had a crush on a crew member. Rachel was basically going around saying that he is her plan B, uh, gave her phone number out. Was that legit? She wrote down her number. I, I don't know if she gave it out. I actually don't know what happened there. I was kind of more worried about the whole Kate situation that week. But I am not going to lie, I kind of facilitated the start of that. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Well, Rachel and I were very good friends. And on that group date with Kate, I was having a nap inside and the crew member came and had like a chat with me. Like we were on lunch break. And I was like, what can I call him? What, oh, let's just call him Tom. I was like, Tom, someone has a crush on you. <laughs> and he was like, who? And I was like, I think you know who. And he was like, one of the girls. I was like, yeah. And it was like a fun, kind of like a jokey thing. And then... From there, I told Rachel, and then it kind of snowballed from there. So I I really accelerated it exponentially, I think. And I – it was funny, though. And Rachel, it was – she was she was having a laugh. Like, she's very much – like, she takes the piss out of things. She was kind of same as similar to me that she thought the whole thing was a joke, 
And she was like, well, she didn't like Matt. She knew she didn't like Matt from the moment she met him. And she's like, you know what? I may as well just have some fun. If I can date someone from the crew, that'd be funny. We all had a crew member that we had a crush on. Mine wasn't that particular crew member, but mine was a different one who I actually drunkenly DM'd. No. I was so drunk. And I was like, I'm going to DM old mate. I'm this guy. Um, but, you know, you, you, you're bored. There's, there's, there's 25 male crew members. There's one bachelor. There's 25 girls. You're kind of like... I'm going to have a crush on Your someone. Your eye wanders a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, look, I'm probably not going to win this thing. I better think of, I have something else to occupy my mind at least for now. Well, I do want to know, you have a date, another group date where you have to draw a self-portrait of yourself. Uh, yours was a bit terrifying. Is it hanging anywhere in your home? Oh my God, we didn't get to keep it. And I'm, I literally, I remember doing that and Matt and I were, and we were all wasted because um, obviously as per the result. Um, and we were pissing ourselves doing that. Like we, I literally have never had more fun in a day. And because I, my anxiety was so bad that morning, I almost didn't go to that group date. Cause I was like, I actually cannot breathe. I, for some reason felt really off about the day, but getting there and doing that, it was so funny. And it was so bad. Like it was so, I've never seen anything more horrific. The eyes were fantastic. And people on the internet as well, like, Abby's shown her true colours. This is her internal demon. Oh, my God. No, I'm just, I just have a maths brain or a creative. I'm like, what the? I just can't do art. No, sorry. I'm just, and, it, and I was drunk. And also, as well, in that, in that date that didn't make it onto air, I spoke to Matt about my um, struggles with depression and anxiety. That painting was really shit. But it also was like, there were, there were conversations around it that I wasn't just taking the piss. Well, here's what I want to ask about really quickly is the date card debacle. Oh, fuck. So Ellie gets uh, one of the two date cards and you tell her that you need to have a big conversation with Matt. And so she gives it to you. And from at least what aired, you didn't really have a serious conversation with him. Did you have a serious conversation with him or was that just like a strategy? I hundred percent did. So before that was, um, I hadn't spoken to him properly. Cause it's like, you know, you don't really get time with him. I hadn't spoken to him properly in a little while. Mm-hmm. And I needed to talk to him about the marriage and kids thing because it was, it was swirling around again. And I knew the girls were going to do another attack. <laughs> and I was like, I need to talk to him about it. So I was like, listen, I don't think I've been clear enough about marriage and kids. And I kind of laid out what I've been saying to you. Like, I was like, this is what you've heard from Kate. This is what you've heard from the girls. This is what I've told you. This is what I said in that stupid game that we had. And this is the reality. You may see contradictions. I don't see any contradictions, but that's, this is what's happened. And I was like, because I felt like I was going home. Mm. But with the date card thing, it wasn't given to Ellie. Like, she didn't give it. It wasn't hers to give. Osha said, you guys, Matt wants you to show initiative. Here's a date card. Someone take them. And I was like, well, you guys are all bullying me. Why would I be nice to any of you at this point? Like, it was literally like every man for themselves. And they also, you know, left out what Ellie was going to tell Matt because that was a whole thing. Everyone was like, Ellie really has to tell Matt something, you know, like, how dare you? She needed to tell him she's going on a holiday. She literally needed to tell him she was going overseas for the first time. Well, and then she finally has a conversation with him and just proceeds to talk about you. Yes, that's the thing. Like, she, she did end up telling him, but I was like, I, th- I think my fear of him thinking that I'm a lying, manipulative psycho because you guys keep telling him things is a bit more valid than your holiday. And that, and that was from my perspective. If she, she felt like her holiday was more important, the other girls obviously did as well. I just honestly, at that point, and still to this day, don't really care. I, I, I didn't care about 
whether they were going to hate me because they already hated me enough. You weren't going to like all of a sudden turn things around. <laughs> no. And like, why would I let someone else get a date card over me when I, and it turned out to be true. I had a strong feeling. and I knew they were all talking poorly of me in their interviews and they're, they're talking heads. So why would I then put you above me? Did you see Matt's connection with Chelsea? Oh, intellectually, yes. Chelsea is the smartest woman I've ever met, and I love Chelsea. She's incredible. I, she's the actual best. Um, but I didn't see like a spark there. But you know, I didn't get. I wasn't there on the one-on-one date, so I don't know. So you weren't sitting there being like, "Oh, okay, I think it's gonna be Chelsea at the end of this." I thought it was gonna be Chelsea because they made the most sense. They're the same age, lived in the same city, had the same job. They both have similar-ish personalities. Um, they're both like quite quiet, quite nerdy, very intelligent, but I didn't see any spark when I was there, but I also didn't see the dates. We thought it was Ellie. Ah, well, yeah. Cause he would, he would always look at her and wink after the group date, the top five group date where we were all like, we hugged him. What a fun group day. She got the extra time and we all Chelsea, Eleanor and Emma were in the car home and we were all sobbing, crying. And we were like, she's one. Why are we here? Yep. Why are we putting ourselves through this mental torture? So you had that. 100%. But she went home. I don't know what happened there, but we literally were, we were all like, we're going to leave. The final thing that was crazy about season seven, basically at the end, it is you, Chelsea and Helena and your hometown goes well. I mean, nothing crazy, but Helena, she had already oh. tried to leave like three times before at the hometown she dumps matt then she comes back the oh actually uh, why am i forgetting who is the kind of crazy stalker girl who was also at the emma emma at the rose ceremony it was emma you and chelsea because helena left then she shows up again and like wants another chance yeah well we didn't know what was going on because obviously we didn't hadn't spoken to her about her hometown and we literally were like, we thought there was an issue with production. <laughs> we were like, what's happening? Why is she late? This is so annoying. Like we were like, we've been waiting for eight hours in these gowns. Like, can we hurry up? We're so nervous about this. And we had, I didn't know what happened until two months after I called her and I was like, what happened that night? Like, mm. so I think she just freaked out and I think she knew that it wasn't her. And because she lives in Perth, which is a six-hour flight away from Sydney. Right. She didn't want to fly because she knew at hometowns it wasn't her. So she didn't want to have flown to Perth, be with her family, and then fly back from Perth the two days later to go to a rose ceremony to be dumped and cry the whole way home back to Perth again. Like it was like I understood that. Um, and I think also he – they didn't – I don't think they included this. He had um, forgotten – where she was from originally, right. he'd forgotten my spoken French. He'd forgotten what she did for work. Yeah, I mean, he, Matt remembered personal jokes that I had with my uncle from when I was five uh. that I told him on our first date. And she's a very confident woman. And she was like, why would I sit around and wait for this person to dump me when I know it isn't me? Like, she's very realistic. Well, then I wonder why she even went back. I know. I, I wish she hadn't gone back. But then... But then after, the day after that, when she said it was a test, I was like, no, Eleanor, because I love her. So then the famous beach dry humping scene, <laughs> you and Matt 
in the be on the beach in the ocean or whatnot and you're like on top of him and you this is so great and it never gets said but you just said i want to have sex with you i'm so <laughs> horny <laughs> it's so honest i we were all thinking it but you said it i actually was this is actually twisted of me i was because i'm very i don't have a filter and like i usually would just say how I pick up when I'm out is I'll be like, I want to have sex with you. Like, that's literally <laughs> my line. I will talk to a guy all night. I'd be like, do you want to go have sex or no? But it isn't because I'm some like sexual demon. It's because I have no game. We, I, just, I just have to lead right into it. Yeah. And I'm like, and this, and it confuses and shocks men. They, they, and then they just like, yeah. So that usually works. Yeah. It always works. It's, it's yet to fail me. And I knew that I was going to let it. I knew that I would eventually say it. Like I knew myself. So like, we had a few beers before we got in the water and I was like, I'm just going to whisper it to him. And we were so far out in the water. I honestly didn't think, I mean, we have mics on. I did not think they could hear us. And I was like, I'll just say to him when we're kind of off camera, when we're doing a wide angle, like we're doing, so I'm going to use the audio, like, oh. And then when it aired, I was like, when I watched it, I was like, fair. Well, you got really slut shamed after that. First of all, how did that make you feel? I mean, I was really disappointed in Australia because I had, seen little clips of Hannah Brown's season. Yeah. And when the windmill thing happened, I was so proud of her. Like I like I, I just think she's incredible. And I think I was just channeling Hannah Brown when I when I was there. I was like, oh, I want to sex with you, that's fine. But I know I, I think it upset me because I was like America, which in my mind is a more conservative country than Australia, were like rooting for obviously she got hate but they were like rooting for hannah so proud of her like and she was like everyone's like feminist icon hannah brown yes and i was like oh australia would be chill with this and it was the opposite like they even like some news outlets called me like the horny the horny devil queen or something like i was like what is going on i just and i didn't mind because i'm so set in my views of sexuality is a good thing but i was just disappointed in australia and i was like I really didn't think that would be the case. And that was top three dates. So that's when, if we were in America, we would have been sleeping together. And we'd been making out all lunch. We'd been like, we'd had the best day. We then went on that yacht afterwards, had the the best time. And I was like in love with him at this point after three months of dating. And I was like, of course I want to have sex with him. But I was kind of such a the whole time about things because I was so like bubbly and like giggly and with the tits and the, and the curly hair and the huh? Like, like the skirt that I wore to hometowns was actually like shorts underneath. And I got messages being like, you're disgusting. Why would you wear a short skirt to meet your family? And I was like, it's my family. Like, like <laughs> my mother gave birth to me. Like <laughs> she's okay with my short skirt. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to my uncle's house where we have Christmas every year and we go for we go swimming in bikinis. You didn't even get just the tip. You you didn't even get anything anyway. No, I know. I know everyone's like, all she wants is she's using Matt for sex. And I was like, she didn't get any. I truly wish. <laughs> and there were rumors going around that I'd given him head at a cocktail party. Oh, my God. With the women or within the media? In the media. Oh, wow. And they wouldn't name me, but everyone was like, eh, it's Abby. And I was like, guys, if that was me, I would have said it. I would have been like, hallelujah, rejoice. Yes, I would have talk- spoken about it on camera. Like, and they would have included it for drama. Like, that didn't happen. But yeah, it, it sucked knowing that Australia was so, I guess, conservative when it came to that. But I was happy that I could say my piece after the show finished. Right. And now I have a really good, like, foundation of, like, 
a feminist following and now I get to do cool things like come on podcasts because it's an interesting thing to talk about rather than just being um, a wifey that made it through. Uh, you're walking toward Matt on proposal day. You said that you didn't think it could be anyone but you. Like, did he give you any impressions that it would be you? Mm, I, f- I felt confident, actually. And I also I also had been told by um, – they had two previous winners come in and have, like, a baby date with us. And they told us, they were like, don't focus on anyone else's connection. Just focus on yours and just do- have, like, tunnel vision because you'll go crazy if not. So I was like, I don't want to think about anyone else. So I just – was doing self-preservation the whole time, being like, I don't need to think about anyone else. I'm just seeing Matt. And what I see from Matt and what I get from Matt is that these feelings are reciprocated. My date was also the night before, so I was with Matt. It was fresh. Yeah, like 10 or 12 hours before finale. Mm. He told me I was the most incredible woman he's ever met. Like, I feel like when you say things like that, you're like... You get excited. You think it's you. Yeah, and we had a lot of off-camera time kissing and we were very very flirty and normal. And I think I even called him daddy at one point. <laughs> Thank God. In the helicopter, I called him daddy and he was like, you're fucking unwell. <laughs> but like, we'd had so much fun the day before and all the crew, the crew, like the makeup artist was like, she's like, there's no way it's not you. Like everyone was like, there's no, and not, and, but not in like a production weird way. Just in like a, this is like, you guys are best friends. I didn't want to think of anyone else's connection. And I also, because of my anxiety, tried to manage it by thinking like there's no point thinking the worst and worrying about something twice there's no point me sitting here being like I'm not gonna get it I'm not gonna get it I'm not gonna get it it's not gonna be me and then it isn't me so I have to be sad about it again I was like you know what it is gonna be me it's okay he feels the same way about me be happy for your last three days of filming in South Africa and enjoy your last day but it wasn't me I was wrong at what point um in his like speech, if you will, it's always, I feel like when they say, but I was waiting for the, but so when I got there, when I got out of the, um, the car and I walked down, he smiled at me and was like nodding. So I thought it was me literally when I got out of the car and I was like, actually, I kind of thought it wasn't me because when we started filming that the sun hadn't started to set yet. Mm. And I thought they'll want, they'll want the shot of the sun setting behind it. Yes. hundred percent. And I, the sun, it was like 3 PM and I was like, the sun is too high in the sky. I, but I thought maybe they want like, because after he was like smiling and nodding at me, I was like, oh, maybe they just want a bright scene. I don't know. Like that was the level my brain was in of like filming mode. I was like, what's happening here? But then, yeah, when he I was waiting for the butt um, after a 10 minute G up speech about how amazing I am. Then the butt came and I was like, and that's when I stopped holding his hands. Well, you handled it really well. Oh, I've had mixed reviews on how I handled it. I thought you did great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it because I, I, a lot of people have been like, she wasn't very gracious. She was just angry. And I was like, you, you have two options when you get dumped on this show, right? You can either have a speech pre-planned to try and get to be the bachelorette. Right. And to be, make everyone like you and be like, I hope I, all I want is what's best for you. And that, which I've always seen is really fake because when I get dumped, I'd never say to someone, <laughs> I'm really happy for you. But I want you to find your person. Yeah, like, shush. Like, Quiet. no. Like, yeah. Or you can do what I did and have nothing planned and have an honest emotional reaction and be like, well, that's what I felt. Yeah. And I was angry because I felt like he'd led me on. I felt like, obviously, that's the point of the show, but I felt like he really went for it with me. Yeah. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know, but I was still hurt. And then when I got in the car and I was like, maybe I never loved him, I was very clearly in shock. I mean, obviously, yeah. I was just, I was so angry. I was like, 
livid. And then I remember I was, I cried so, as soon as the cameras went off, because I also didn't want to be the girl that was crying in the car. I'm sure they hated that though. Yeah. And, and Australia hated it. Everyone was like, you know, obviously never cared. And I was like, no, I was trying to hold it together and not be embarrassed. Yeah. And not be that girl at the end with a mascara running down her face, looking out the window saying like, I'll find my one true love. No, I was angry and I was in shock and I, the cameras went off and I was like sobbing, like scream crying. And then they were like, we need to get, and we turned the cameras back on and they did. And that's that last little bit where I'm crying a bit. But yeah, the end was weird. The end was, I, I then got back to the hotel and we ordered two bottles of Prosecco three chocolate puddings <laughs> like th- like and I was like spoon like giant spoonfuls of chocolate pudding drinking Prosecco out of the bottle sobbing Ugh. jumping on the bed like like yelling like fuck Matt I'm so angry like so upset I mean you watch the show live yes yeah so I watch it with everyone else did him choosing Chelsea make more sense upon watching the show I think it was just as confusing for me because I also knew that my time with him wasn't um, shown in its entirety. Yes. So I knew that hers wasn't either. So it was just still a gray area. But at that time, I heard they were really happy before they broke up. And I was like, well, obviously there's something that I've missed. And I also was seeing someone else at the time, another runner-up from a different season. Yes. (laughs) I was sort of like, oh, whatever, wasn't meant to be. But then when they broke up, then you kind of think, oh, well, that explains why I felt that way. But you just never know. You just never know from the show. Like, it's never completely accurate. I had read that you were friends with Chelsea after. First of all, did you have any contact with Matt afterwards? No. <laughs> no. But you talked to Chelsea. I talked to Chelsea. Chelsea texted me maybe like three days after finale, once we'd gotten home from Africa. And... Yeah, she, you know, she and I were like very close the whole time. She was the only one who wasn't ever mean to me. Mm-hmm. She was the only one who the whole time was like very close to me. And we called ourselves the worthless two because um, we both had really emotionally abusive exes and we both were like, oh, Matt would never like us. We're so worthless. And after the final rose ceremony, the second last rose ceremony, when it was just us two, we said to Matt, we were like, you've chosen the worthless girls. <laughs> like you've made a big mistake here, babe. Like, um, but no, she's lovely. I love her and I really felt for her when her and Matt broke up because I felt like her entire world changed, her world view changed when Matt chose her because she had, she was so insecure mm-hmm. and Matt choosing her kind of fixed her and then breaking up so quickly just, I think, really destroyed her. If you did talk, they went from really happy to breaking up. Like, did you ever sense a change in conversations with her? Or like, did you sense that things were getting rough? Um, no, because we never really spoke about Matt. It was like, it was like an unspoken topic. We'd speak about guys that I was seeing and I would sometimes be like, oh, how's Matt going? But it felt like if I asked how Matt was going, I was being like, oh, I know it's, it felt like very invasive. It felt like I wanted like an Ari situation to happen. (laughs) Which people definitely thought there was an Ari situation when he did break up with Chelsea and then, oh, well, he's back with Abby. No, he like we had not spoken at all. I remember my, my my best friends when the news broke they broke up. All she did was send me a link of the YouTube video of Ari <laughs> yeah, yeah. going back and I I literally was like, You are a demented bitch. But um no, no Ari situation unfortunately, although it would have made made great headlines. I mean it seems like their breakup was random and quick and weird and 
he just mm. was like over it one minute. What do you, what did you make of it? I have no, I honestly have no idea. I literally had no idea it was happening. I didn't speak to Matt ever. I haven't spoken to Chelsea about it. So I was as shocked as everyone else when that broke. I remember I was having breakfast with my boyfriend in Perth and I like refreshed my feed and I was like, oh my God, Chelsea and Matt broke up. Wow. And he was like, this is fucking what? And then I got all the abuse. Then I got like, you're the reason this didn't work. You're like, as and I'm like, I've not spoken to him. How could I be the reason they broke up? I haven't spoken to him in eight, seven months. Well, how'd you get over Matt besides finding a new boyfriend? Oh my God. I, um, I got back from filming and I literally just like went on like a dick spree. <laughs> um, went to Sydney cause I'm from Brisbane and I went down to Sydney to stay with my friend and we literally just went out and I had a fake name. What was it? Annabelle, because I have an A necklace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not the best name, but I had to think on the spot. And I just, like, slept with, like, British backpackers, like, or like, people that weren't Australian that wouldn't find out. Because I was so scared of my contract. I was like, I can't let anyone know that. Right, that you're not the winner. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just tell them random names. and I would just not give them my phone number or my Instagram. And I would just be like, see ya. So that's kind of how I initially got over it. And then I got a new boyfriend and then I also, like, I remember I was finally over it after Finale aired and I had my all my media the next day. And I don't know if you saw this, but I was in an interview and in a radio interview and they came in the room behind me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you see this? Yes. So I was having an interview with a radio host and I thought it was really weird because I'd done like four for that station that day. And I was like, why are they doing so many for me? You should do one if you're not the winner. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and answering the most boring question. <laughs> like it was so weird. And this guy's like, his name's Smallsy. He's usually like quite entertaining. And I was like, what's going on here? And then he is like, oh, oh, this is awkward. Uh, Matt and Chelsea are behind you. Maybe an hour before that, this man called Carl Sanderlands, who you guys won't know in America, but he is like a shock jock. Like he is like, says the most outrageous shit. An hour before that, he described to me the first time that Matt and Chelsea had sex on the phone on live radio. I cried. And then we had to go into the next radio interview and then I see them. Oh my God. I was so upset because I hadn't seen Matt and I had thought so many times about what I'd say if I saw Matt and Chelsea was my friend and we were texting the night before like and she didn't bother to come and say anything he didn't bother to come and say anything and then I went into the staircase and I was like cried in this in this in the fire escape stairwell afterwards Ugh. and then I looked at the video of their reaction to it because obviously the camera's set on yeah and I looked at their reaction and Chelsea just kind of awkwardly laughed and Matt was like, yeah, I bolted from her. And I was like, that is so disappointing and so immature and really quite pathetic. If I like, if, if you were the bachelorette and you saw your runner up in a break, you'd go up to them and be like, say hello. Or even just like ask their couple sister and be like, hey, does, does Abby want to have a 10-minute chat, five-minute chat? Should I just give her a hug and say, hope you're okay? Particularly after all the abuse that I'd copped and he knew that I was copying so much. But, yeah, so I think when I saw that, I was like, I don't, like, you suck. Yeah, I remember feeling like that, too. I remember feeling really disappointed. It's like they know what you're going through, and to not acknowledge it is very strange. And, like, everyone was mad at the radio station for setting it up, and I was like, whatever, they they need ratings. Like, I'd been through so much with the media already. I was like, I don't really mind. Like, that's up to them. 
what they want to do. I can't change that. What upset me was Chelsea Matt's reaction. That's what made me angry. And I was like, that is so disappointing. But that kind of made me get over him faster because I was like, yeah. That would help a lot. Yeah. Well, I have some final post-show questions for you. And everyone wants to know just how you're dealing with the negativity as someone myself who got into a pretty dark place after the show. I'd I'd like to know how you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing much better now. Um, I'm sure you know the exact feeling of when it's going on and you get so it's like you're scared to leave your house and you feel like everyone in the world hates you yes yeah it's not true but you convince yourself yeah yeah and you mesh the idea of your reality and instagram and facebook and all this online with what's going on like you think that that's the reality and it's really not like if i put my phone down i would be okay um during the show but now i'm doing really well i think i've worked really hard to kind of show who I really am, it's cliche and dumb as that is to say, but like on my Instagram, I've tried to stick to my like, you know, feminist views and body positive. Yeah. Yeah. And all these things and kind of like try to not be a typical, um, bachelor contestant alumni. Like I just, I just didn't want to be just another girl with the same filter pack on my Instagram feed. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just kind of felt like I had this position to, to, have something important to say and I get to say it. But so that's helped me a lot, but it was really hard during the show. Like I had very serious suicidal ideations. Same. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I, I said that once in an interview and of course every headline was like, Olivia felt suicidal on the show. And then as I'm doing research for you, Abby was suicidal on the show or, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, there were, I mean, there were many moments, obviously you're, no one can prepare you for checking your phone and seeing people saying, you know, you should die and, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then you start really believing like, should I be here? Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy how that snowball effect thing happens. Like you said one comment and then you should die. Yeah. It's insane. I can't even. I do, but then you believe it and it, it starts to make sense logically and you just feel like everyone hates you. And I, before finale, I thought what's going to happen is I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to have that air and then everyone's going to see that I got dumped and I'm going to get more abuse because everyone will say, ha ha. You didn't win. Suck shit. It's because you're a shit person. It's because you shouldn't be here. It's because you didn't care about Matt. And then I will just be a hated person in the media forever. I will be that right. that villain for the show. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. Like, it, it was really strange. What I thought was going to happen didn't happen. I Like, it was the opposite. I got so much support. I got a lot of abuse as well, but what, what do you expect? Um, but I got a lot of support after the show. And it's crazy how quickly you can decline into a suicidal space mm-hmm. purely on the internet and from trolling. And I know for saying the other two, but the people say to you, oh, just don't look at it. Just ignore it. You can't. And it's like, I'm using my Instagram to talk to my friends. Like I use my DMs to talk to a lot of my friends. That's how I speak to most of people I speak to. Right. Um, the only way that I could avoid it was to use only WhatsApp. <laughs> you just can't even look at it. It's so unhealthy. No. And then I would, and because your Facebook newsfeed is an algorithm about things you're interested in, you see every article about yourself. Yeah, it's crazy. But really, when you think about it, I mean, for you, it's different though, because in America, people are reading the stuff. In Australia, no one's really reading. Well, the funniest thing is like, I mean, I was on three, four years ago, but 
the other day I was bored. I had nothing going on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my photos from when I was on the show and just like look at the comments. And I was just one so mortified that people, cause I had never, my, I, I gave my phone to my sister and I said, change my password. I don't even want to look. So I had never even seen a lot of this stuff, but I wanted to like screenshot some of these comments and send them to the people who wrote them. And I'm like, you wrote this at one time. How do you feel about this? hundred percent. And people don't, I, I saved a lot of my messages. Got a similar thing. My, um, one of my really good friends, took over my Instagram during the show because of a sim, like I was like, I can't look at it. Like it's a good friend during the show. She would look at Twitter and she would search like hashtag bachelor AU Abby. And then would like read out any positive ones. Yeah. Good. So cute. My sister was very similar. Yeah. Like so helpful. Like one little positive comment. You're like, great. Like not everyone hates me. Um, but it also turns into this thing with trolling and it's like a bandwagon of, yeah. well, if you, if one person sees one comment, you'll then get an influx of so many negative comments because people think if they see others doing it, mm-hmm. then it's okay. That is what drives people on reality TV and just people in the media to kill themselves. Yes. Like, and you see you've got 500 new comments and it's all you stuck up fucking bitch, you should kill yourself, Um, you're a bad person, you're manipulative. I got called a sociopath so many times. I don't <laughs> know if you got that one. I did not get that one. I got sociopath so much, being like, you need to get on medication, you're a sociopath. And I'm like, you don't know me at all. Like, like, how am I a sociopath? Like, all I did was take a date card from someone. People don't even know what the definition of sociopath is half the time, so. They don't. And people don't see it as a broader picture of, like, this is a like a, a, a dating show, TV show for entertainment, and you're messaging someone. Like, how embarrassing are you? Yeah, your mental health deteriorates so quickly and oh, to yeah. such an extreme it's, it's so crazy and you don't realize how much it affects you until you're in it. And I always used to think like, oh, you know, it must suck, but I'm sure that like, you just can ignore it. You cannot <laughs> ignore it. Would you have any interest in being Bachelorette? Yeah. Um, but I feel like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I would, this is the thing. It opens you up to more attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think maybe Bachelorette would be actually really fun. I think that um angie our most recent recent bachelorette i love her and yes she nailed it she was amazing i don't know i don't i don't think i don't know it's such like a question mark for me i spoke to my therapist about this yesterday actually if that would be a thing that i want to do because well i'm sure they want you for paradise oh yeah can't talk about that <laughs> in general i'm sure they would kill in to general- have you Oh, I know. Paradise is very... The pa- your paradise over there is like... But a lot of Americans come to the Australia paradise. Like, is there any guy, America-wise, that you would be like, oh, I wish they would come on Australia paradise? I mean, the only person that I have a crush on is obviously Tyler Cameron, but that's like never going to happen. <laughs> he, he replied to... I tagged him in a story once and he replied to me and I literally had a fucking panic attack. I was like... Because <laughs> my friends, like... I, we don't really... I don't, obviously don't watch the full show, but like... Tyler C is just I think every girl thinks that every girl thinks that (laughs) and also pilot Pete obviously but other than that I don't even know oh I have this like weird like thing for and I haven't seen paradise so don't judge me on this okay John Paul Jones is so funny and weird (laughs) I had a feeling you were gonna say JPJ yeah and he thing is I I saw I've seen all these like articles about like or like YouTube clips by the demise of John Paul Jones I don't know if it's a joke or not I haven't really watched them but he's just so strange I mean I feel like he would he would totally be someone that would go on Paradise Australia if John Paul Jones went on Paradise Australia I think I would and I wasn't there I think I would actually cry but the Americans are coming our season aren't like Alex Alex Bordy 
Did Caroline Lonnie do it? Yes, because yes, they were in a relationship on it. Yes. Yeah. And then um, Co- Connor. So- oh, also, I have a crush on Connor. Tall Connor. Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Connor. Yeah. He's a he's a babe. <laughs> he's hot. But yeah, that's um pretty much it. That's your list. I need to start watching the seasons because it's. I find it really interesting watching the American seasons. I feel like, and this could be wrong. I feel like yours is less overtly edited and more produced. Yes. It's very produced. Yeah. Ours is less produced. And then the music over the top is so cheesy. Like it's so, it's extreme. Whereas when I, when I watch Clips of the American one, it's, there's a lot of silence. I just watch things now where I'm like, oh, it's so obvious that this was all structured to happen this way, you know? Yeah. And that makes it not as fun. Yeah. Well, I, I tried to watch Unreal. Yes. So good. Have you seen it? I loved it. Yeah. It was wonderful. Oh, no. I watched it with someone else who was on The Bachelorette and in Australia. And I was like, I can't watch this dude. It was pretty hard to watch because I watched it. I started watching it a week after I got home from the show. And it was <gasps> so alarming because I was like, oh, my God, this was where I got fucked over. This is where I got fucked over. It made me so afraid for watching it because I knew like, oh my God, I fell for it. Did you know you were going to get attacked by the public? I mean, I thought it was going to go either way. Like I thought that some people, and it kind of did. Some people would think I was a terrible person and some people would think that the girls like ganged up on me. But I guess my issue was like, I had no idea of how like wide the scope of this audience is. Like I, I watched the show growing up, but I never commented on people's stuff. Like I, I just kind of watched it for a laugh and like, whatever. I didn't think that millions of people like have an opinion and want you to know it. No, neither. I, I, I could never imagine like the, and the American one is so much bigger. I can't, the amount of stuff that I got sent to me with only a hundred thousand followers, even though I was runner up, like is insane i can't imagine being and and you and i had quite similar like storylines we really did and similar reaction from the public well that's why someone messaged me and was like i need you to get abby on because you guys i swear it was like the same freaking thing oh but really that's so funny is that how you found me yeah that day well i had watched the show but i was like oh like how would i ever get someone from australia and like why would she want to talk to me and that day i was like you know what yeah like i have to i have to talk to her i was so happy when you emailed me i was like oh my god an american oh wow (laughs) bachelor contestant look at me go (laughs) you're so great Thank you for coming on. I feel like we're friends, even though... Oh, my God. I know. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, when I come to America, I'm going to come in, I think, for your summer. Okay. June, July. But I think everyone said to come to Austin. I love Austin, obviously. I posted on my Instagram being like, where should I go in America? And everyone was like, LA, New York. I was like, obviously, I'm going to LA, New York, you idiot. Duh. I would say, like, so a third were like LA, New York, and then there would be like... I would say like a third were Austin and a third were Nashville. I mean, I will say, and you're used to it, but Austin is hot as fuck in the summer. I mean, so I love that. It's like 110 degrees every day. I'm sitting here sweating bullets (laughs) and I am just thriving. It's an opportunity to just wear less clothing. It's great. Absolutely. And um, we can... um, we can have a coffee or a wine or something when I'm in Austin. Oh, I would freaking <laughs> love uh, not a coffee. We're whining it up. A so, wine. Abby, um, say your social media so people can follow the awesome platform that you've created. Oh, so, my Instagram, that's all I really use, is Abby Chatfield, A B B I E, uh, Chatfield. 
people try with EY meet with me and I'm like, no, thank you. No, we're good. Abby Chatfield, everybody from Bachelor Australia season seven runner up, but the winner in our hearts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd hope so. Thank you so much. And it's also, it's daytime for you and nighttime for me. So have a great day. Oh, I will have a great night. Have a great sleep. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> bye, honey. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, bye, Del. 